Grip it, rip it, baby. Grip it, rip it, and snip the tip and it. Sip it. Grip it, rip it, and sip it. That's the full, uh... Does that look right? Uh, <clears throat> we are here. We are here. We're here at the New York Stock Exchange. We're here at the New York Prostate Exchange. <laughs> We're here to swap prostates with any single woman looking for prostates. Any single woman looking for a prostate. Ladies, give me your prostates. Hello, multiplicity fans. Here we're at the end of the road. All right, hit it, Sam. What are you talking about? That was the start. That was it. Adam just did it. That was not the start. I'm Sam. Yeah, I'm Drew. I'm multiplicity. Wow, we have multiplicity with us here in the studio. <laughs> multiplicity himself. Yeah, yeah. How's it going, guys? You hear some behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah, man. There's a couple of days where uh, we showed up on set and we got some cameras. We were filming some Michael Keaton action. Uh, Harold Ramis was there yelling at people, and, uh, um, yeah, it was just pretty much an average day. There was construction workers all every which way, and, uh, this bit is going nowhere. Welcome to Edging On, Edging On, Edging On Multiplicity, a podcast where we continue to watch Multiplicity every week, 10 minutes at a time, and this week we've finally done it, we have finished the movie, me, Sam, me, Adam, me, Drew, and oh boy, what a nothing ending. Yes, you'd think after all the everything that happened during the rest of this movie that there would be... A truly phenomenal climax. Sorry to say that's not the case. Not- this, this movie falls flat on all four of its bums. It's not good. <laughs> it ends on such a low note and with an ending that makes no sense, doesn't belong, and resolves nothing. <laughs> Much like Adam. <laughs> Much like Michael Keaton as we learned that his wife left him because he doesn't fix stuff. Yeah. Okay. Where did this come from? Hold hold on, hold on. You're right. We should we gotta, probably get let's, chronological. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, so Michael Keaton comes back from his boating ex- excursion with best side character, Walt. Yes. Who, once again, was a cameo that they mistakenly gave uh, the role of a side character. But luckily after this scene, he slips on a banana peel and slides out of the plot and never comes back again. <laughs> yep. So the, all those three scenes with Walt about Michael Keaton learning how to sail, take his family on a boat? Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't happen. <laughs> All those wonderful I Sailed With Walt t-shirts that we're all wearing, they're for nothing. 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 But uh, as Michael Keaton goes home, uh, he finds out that his wife left him, and it's just his three clones and him living in this giant house. No, no, no. He finds out that his clones have lost him, his wife, his kids, and his job in one day. Mm-hmm. So this is at a point where it seems as though Doug finally almost has some sort of suspicion that he's the reason that his life sucks. He realizes that he self-sabotages everything and everyone in his life. It's amazing how when he realizes that he's causing all these problems in his life, he makes a bunch of clones that are also him to just cause more problems in his life at like a higher concentration. The Dugs, the Doug clones correctly say, uh... We didn't ruin your life here. You ruined your life here. But they're all him. 
Yep. So technically, yes, they did ruin his life. I also appreciate that. Way to dodge. Thor- w- w- even the clones, when taking responsibility for ruining his life, still dodge responsibility for ruining his life. I appreciate that Four in this scene is wearing uh, goggles and like a beanie over his head, mm. so he looks like the lost member of the Aquabats. He looks like dumb Donald. I'm Rock Keaton. Hey, Dad. You want to touch my peepee, Dad? She touched my peppy. Peppy. That's what it was. I also appreciate uh, Four's line of dialogue when Doug returns. Uh, Four asks him, Did you bring me a monkey? <laughs> that was a good line. Yes. I like that. I really enjoyed the negotiation scene between Four and, and uh, OG Doug. Yeah, that, that was it's, funny. It, yeah, mm. it seemed kind of like an old cop movie. Yeah, the old cop movie. No, like like when like in the sixties and seventies, like cops would bribe like for information and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, like the I don't yeah. know, maybe a fresh memory. Yeah, yeah, they have the scene like that involving Coca Cola. Yeah, where uh, Doug and Four are just sitting at the dinner table. Four is covered in marinara sauce, <laughs> and uh, Four, of course, had the last conversation with uh, Laura Andy McDowell before she left, and so. Uh, she knows, so Four is the only one who knows why Laura left. Except it's, us. Except everyone who watches the movie. <laughs> so you get this beautiful scene of Doug sitting at the dining room table, staring at a clone of himself covered in spaghetti sauce, drinking Pepsi, the loudest I've ever... Where's it Coke? It was Coke. Coke. Drinking Coke, the loudest I've ever heard a human being drink Coke out of a glass. Uh, just answering little questions at a time, Michael Keaton having to... Uh, Maybe this will refresh your memory. Top it up his glass as he greedily gulps it down with both hands. And then Four says that Laura left because Doug doesn't fix stuff. As you will note from watching the movie, you will note all of Doug's problems are that he doesn't fix things. Yes, mm-hmm. every single problem that Doug causes, is it stems from the fact that he doesn't fix things. So, exactly. when, when your wife leaves you because you don't fix things... What do you do? What what makes you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and try to be a better husband and father and all-around better man? Spitting on bugs. Spit on bugs. Exactly. That probably sounds like nonsense. You probably checked your audio there, but Sam like is referencing that, that we just that we just uh, in the scene transition we visit four who's in like a staircase and the he's staircase spitting on the bugs. Set second house. Yeah, he goes. Doug, come up here. I'm spitting on bugs. But Doug, idiot that he is, still doesn't understand that the root cause of all of his suffering is him. And I guess Laura doesn't understand that either. So <laughs> so he starts fixing things. I guess he was supposed to fix up the house. Yeah, they, they mentioned it twice in the movie, and they glossed over it. So needless to say... The house is in disarray, but it's kind of... With the way the like kids are and everything, you kind of just assume it's because of that. At least I did. Yeah, it's just a very normal looking house. Like it's kind of messy, but apparently it's supposed to be in a woeful disrepair. <laughs> we never see that up to this point. But that's to be fair. Most houses that are in disrepair that people are living in really aren't that bad. So, montage time, baby! Montage time, Adam. Put up the montage time music. Do you smell montage? I smell montage, baby. We got one. We got two. We got three. We got four. We got Eugene Levy. <laughs> He's in there. Don't worry. Don't worry. In a, in a beautiful montage of the Michael Keatons fixing up the house, 
some stock footage of, of houses being fixed with yes. pictures of Michael Keaton in between. Yeah. Still images of Michael Keaton. There are multiple shots where it's just like a hammer, na- hammering a nail or a board being sawed where there are no Michael Keaton, so it's clear it's just B-roll footage. But uh, Doug rallies all the clones so that they can fix the house, you know, in his state of unemployment with no money after having just bought three clones. They're going to... To be fair, the fourth one he got a really good deal on. Yeah, they got a good deal on that fourth one. We gotta assume these clones are pretty cheap, because they buy them cheap enough that he doesn't notice. Yeah. yeah they they, they doesn't managed to notice. not max out the credit card. <laughs> that is a good question. How would he hey, explain... Hey, Doug? Honey, what's this charge in the card that says clones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my, uh... I, uh, bought, uh... Star Wars Attack of the Clones. <laughs> So, Man, I wish Star Wars Attack of the Clones, uh, like, every fourth clone was just a four. Drew, I've just noticed a plot hole. That film wasn't out yet when Multiplicity was made. Ooh. You'll never take me alive. Episode one wasn't even out yet. They yeah. only had the original trilogy to Did George with. Lucas rip off Multiplicity? Yeah, he saw this movie and said, Clones. That's a good idea. Clones. Clones. What if George Lucas was actually inspired to make the clones by Multiplicity? I can't. You never know. You never know. It's entirely possible, but not plausible, so I'm willing to believe it. He was sitting at the theater one day, watching Multiplicity, said, Oh, what are the stormtroopers with clones? I would call them, like, clone troopers. I would call them storm clone oh, troopers. I'll, I'll, work, I'll workshop a better oh. name later. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta work on this Jar Jar character first. He's gonna be the key. Jar Jar will be the key. So the Michael Keaton, all the Dugs start working in the house. No, I'm not gone yet. <laughs> okay, now I am. So all the Michael Keatons are working on the house when they they think that they need more help, and so they hire are they uh, call Eugene Levy's character Vic to come back. What's Vic been up to? Collecting unemployment checks <laughs> for his thirty four kids. Planting tubers to feed his family. <laughs> But Vic shows up because uh, Michael Keaton says he's the best uh, concrete guy. <laughs> no, the only concrete guy because everyone else was busy. And so he's willing to give Vic another chance mistakenly. And so as Vic shows up, he sees that the crew they're working with is four Michael Keatons. Yeah. And he does not bat an eye or say a single word. And when we say that, doesn't we don't mean like he's just cool with it. As in he doesn't react in the slightest. There's, there's a shot that should be a reaction shot, but he doesn't do anything. No, he just says, all right. Yeah, it's it's a reaction shot with no reaction. I've ne- it's the damnedest thing. I've never <laughs> seen it before. It's so Groundbreaking. Bizarre. But, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. And it's not it's subtle either, because they're all wearing their numbered jerseys, so oh, you can tell God. which one's which. That was mm-hmm. so goddamn stupid. I'm sure that they, if they just put a little effort into thinking about it, they could have come up with a, a more clever way. To differentiate the clones. Vic but Adam, just pulls up and goes, what did, what did he see that day before he got there? <laughs> like, he's seen some shit, because he's just totally cool with this. It's just four brothers working on a construction site. All right, Doug, I mean, I'll tell you something about multiple siblings. I got 34 kids, Douglas. <laughs> Douglas. Just by sheer sheer math, at least some of them are going to be triplets. Mm-hmm. Quadruplets. I have the theory that Vic does not bat an eye at these clones... Because Vic has had his own side plot, where he too has gotten cloned, <laughs> and that this was the plan to Multiplicity 2, which we all know fell through the cracks. Oh, I'd love to see that. It's a um, side story. 
They keep making more clones, but they just keep ruining driveways at an exponential rate. <laughs> That's why they weren't communicating. I but would love to see Eugene a, Levy's take on like a, a Doug do or a what a double D double D. I'd love to see like a masculine Eugene Levy. <laughs> if you pay really close attention to the background, you can see that throughout the movie. As they like, are, those are street shots. There's more and more torn up driveways as the movie goes on. <laughs> he's spreading his his wrath across the entire yeah, to Los the Angeles area. He's like America's most wanted. They gotta. Why don't they just get Vic down here to fix I seventy five? Oh, I think they have, considering how torn up it's been. That's. I was gonna say it's a bit of local humor, but anyone, but like half of the U.S. continental U.S. can uh, can relate to that one. We get a reusal of the the unfunny watch joke when he is introduced to. I don't yeah. like the watch joke. <laughs> I don't. I don't like. The, I'm not gonna. I'm not one to tell you what you can and can't laugh at. Let me I, say. I think the, I've said that before, but I lose a little bit of respect for I, you. I, I won't say I find it funny. I just find it more charming. Okay. All right. That that's. that's I can get behind. That. You can make that argument. Yes. 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 It made me. It didn't make me laugh. It made me smile. And you know sometimes. Isn't that really? Isn't that really something we all need? Vic shows up, and the gall of this man. He says, "Well, you said to be here at nine thirty, Douglas. I'd like you to check the time." And Doug says, 10 o'clock or something <laughs> like that." And oh, then this Vic's like, "Oh, this watch. watch!" And then we're all like, "Oh, you!" So just as quickly as Vic enters, he disappears just as fast. He's yeah. never. Uh, he never makes an exit. He's never thanked and sent on his way. He's gone. He's left the movie. Which leads me to think, where is he? Did they put him in the driveway? Is he buried in the driveway? <laughs> Legends say that if you put your ear to the driveway on a moonless night, you'll hear him say, Dogleth. Dogleth. Dogleth, help me. If you put your ear to the sidewalk, you can hear the ticking of a clock, except it's ticking like twice as fast as the <laughs> clock should tick. Because it's on New York time. It's ticking yeah. on New York ticks. Then, uh... <laughs> Doug goes inside and has a conversation with uh, three who's making some sandwiches. And uh, imagine imagine cucking yourself. Wow, this is an uncomfortable scene, huh? Uh, Michael, oh, real painful. Michael yeah. Keaton shows that he is still burdened by all of his flaws as he has to ask three, did my wife like you better in bed than she likes me? Oh, and the response is is fabulous. Doug Trio says, first of all, I am you. And then there's no continuation of that. There's no second of all, no anything. (laughs) It's such a bizarre wording of the line that needed changed. Doug, first of all, I am you. Second of all, we all know four was the best. (laughs) (laughs) So we might as well just all give up. (laughs) I still can't believe that happened. The the gall of this man, he he's try he claims that he's trying to put his life back together, but he's he's mentally preoccupied with whether or not his clone his clone, mind you, was better than him in bed. And after this lovely little montage where we're still looking for Vic's body, I once again forgot there were kids in this movie. <laughs> because we go to Laura's uh parents' house. First off, Four said that she went to stay with her mom, but we see them being escorted out by an older man. Like, that was so bizarre that he would phrase it as she went to her mom's when her dad is also there. The, that was her boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, could be, but that I, feel like be, <laughs> I feel like that'd be something to, to 
to phrase because that that threw me for a loop. It didn't like it didn't take away anything from that garbage scene, but it definitely got me thinking about the the logistics of phraseology like that. Yeah, and I can get behind you, Adam, because it doesn't seem like a major problem, but they say specifically she went to stay with her mother, and so we subconsciously expect to see the mother. And then we see an old man, and it's well, just... No mother, even. Yeah, we don't see the mother at all. It would just be a very simple thing to go back in the script and say, her parents, yeah. or her father, if we're going to use the father. Yeah. So, <laughs> the kids are here. Well, anyway, thankfully, Michael Keaton manages to uh, solve all his relationship problems with a heartfelt speech about how uh, Andy McDowell needs to know her place. <laughs> You're, you're confused because you're trying to have a job and be a mom. You're trying to be independent, but you need to be taken care of. <sighs> yeah, that's right, Doug. That's right, Doug. I love, I love the line, too, where he goes up to meet her and he says, How was the desert? <laughs> because, like, they lived in Malibu and they went to... Uh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Which, technically, there is a desert between them. But that's still such a bizarre thing to ask. Well, yeah, yeah, when we get here, like, neither me nor Sam nor Drew says, Hey, how was the... How was I-75? <laughs> <laughs> how was the trailer park? And how was uh, this town and that town and that town? Yeah, that's so around. weird. Apparently it was 175 degrees in the desert yeah. also. Which, unless they, like, stopped and had a day in the desert, I don't think that really matters if you're in a car. 175 degrees? That's unlikely. Very unlikely. Uh, Doug once again proves that he has the same improv coach as Joe Biden by once again saying, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> Love you here. Let me tell you what. I ain't gonna beg. And then he begs. And he begs. And then it's funny. Ha ha, the laugh be funny. It was actually in reference to the Green New Deal. Uh, this movie very ahead of its time. <laughs> the Green New Deal. Oh, here's the Green New Deal. Someone call uh-huh. it prophetic. Some would call it the Nostradamus of movies. Hmm. I wonder what other like hints for the future we can find. We should we should watch this movie once a year, and decide like what what sign that we missed that year. No, right. All right. Have a nice day. I really like this movie, except for the the, the movie. The movie. Except for the so Doug convinces Laura to come home. You can't convince me. I don't like this movie though. I'll try. Multiplicity. One of my top five favorite movies of all time. This movie has divided us in such a weird way <laughs> because Sam, who loves this movie I know and it's, genuinely I, enjoys it, and Drew, who has such disdain for this movie, and I, who am just like, yeah, that that's fun, that's not fun, that's I, fun, that's not fun. I know it's not great, but I have watched this movie more than any other movie. I love it for some reason. I love it and I hate it. Just like he loves and hates himself. Too true. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, it's from Gandalf. <laughs> the, the famous Gandalf movie. Yeah, I love Gandalf. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Spotla, we are off to the next scene where Laura returns <laughs> home with Doug to see all the, the improvements that he's done to the house. And once again, I'd like to shout out our wonderful composer who uh, has this wonderful wonderment track. You know, like a lot of uh, uh, chimes and uh, jingly sounds to... To uh, elevate, you know, the the wonderment, the majesty of the situation. But uh, he plays it a good five seconds too early. So you just see them opening a door and he starts playing this music. It peaks 
as the door is opening, not when anybody's seeing anything or reacting to it, it's as if uh, the it's as if pure imagination from Willy Wonka started playing when Willy Wonka was playing the piano to open the door. <laughs> I, I really like the as as he's like comforting her about like how he's gonna how he's changed and everything. All this, he his 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 exact line to her is, "Yeah, I just needed time to get done to get done." It just needed time. Three clones. You leaving me as a wake-up call to get my Tens shit together. Tens of thousands of dollars worth of construction materials. Days of golf, sailing, swinging, bungee jumping, Lakers games. Realizing all my selfish dreams were not fulfilling. Still not really having of cha- having changed, but just wanting you around again. Yeah. And that, that works. Laura brings back the kitties, and she decides oh, to before, get... Before that... Uh, again, let's just let's just make note that if you're ever uh, in any kind of uh, tift with uh, one of your significant others, email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, that, and also just fix up the house. That's all they want. Yeah. If you have a, uh, an alcohol addiction, just fix up the house a little bit. They'll forgive you. If you sleep with their sister, fix up the house. They'll forgive you. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just be like Andy McDowell. Forgiveness. You don't have to address the underlying problems with your relationship. Just hammer nails, put up a new shelf. Yeah. 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 Build a bookshelf. Uh, yeah. uh, set up a rec room. Uh, carpet the floors. Whatever. Yeah, everybody loves a good carpet. I love a good carpet on my bare my bare toesies. You gotta get one of those carpet that get, yeah, gets between the toes. Oh, yeah, when it like tickles your webbing. Oh, man. Oh, I love the feeling. Here's, so, here's the deal. So Doug uh, opens the garage... Reveals a 1967-ish Chevy Impala convertible. After uh, wife and kids just left. Yeah, uh, in which is all the clones. Uh, I personally think this is a metaphor for him lining them up and shooting them in the backyard. (laughs) 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 We're going to send you down. We're going to send you out to Florida. We're going to send you out. Go go out into the world. (laughs) Look at the rabbits, clones. (laughs) He said so. Look at the pizza for. He, like send, he sends all the clones just out to live on their own. Yes, Sam. Can we, can Adam, can you put in a, a bit here of the I like, the, put the vo- voice clip of I like pizza and then a shotgun cocking? <laughs> I like pizza. I like it. But uh, after uh, Laura and the kids leave for school the next day, mm-hmm. uh, all the clones roll up in a convertible, like Sam was saying. They're hidden in the garage. They've all just been waiting there in the garage the whole time. And they're getting ready to go out and start their own lives. So they say their teary goodbyes to their their genetic... They all say bye to Steve. Yeah. Uh, Four says that he's going to go eat a dolphin, so Godspeed to him. Yeah, good mm-hmm. luck on that, man. And uh, then they, they go out. A full, t- a full two minutes later, mind you, they leave two minutes after the kids and Laura, and somehow they both stop at the same light. They see the the, the clones who know who Laura is, and, you know, w- within reason would probably also recognize the car that she's driven every day, and that yeah. to them, they probably also have seen every day in their memories that... We're, I guess we're not going to go into that. The, mem- the memories from Doug's past that they apparently all have. But anyway, they pull up right next to the next to her car anyway. And she looks over directly at the car full of Doug's. And what does she say? What does she say, Drew? What does she say, Drew? She says, you know how you, loves, you, know you love someone when everyone you see reminds you of them. That's right. 
They've been stringing you along the whole movie, the only point of tension in the whole movie, because clearly Duck has infinite resources. The only tension is, will Laura find out about the clones? And the answer, after all these weeks? No. She does not not find out. She does not even notice. All of a sudden, I guess she's just too stupid to know. But in her defense... I guess cloning just doesn't exist in this movie aside from the one time Michael Keaton did it. Like, worst case scenario, she, like, sees Michael Keaton, her husband, and she's like, huh, like, she doesn't, like, pay attention to the others. She recognizes her husband, like, where the hell are you going? I think she doesn't saw the car full of him and just had a a complete mental break at that point. I love the descriptor, car full of him. I think that, on top of all the pain that he has put her through over the... Uh, we, we are led to believe their entire marriage. <laughs> she looks over and sees a car with three of him in it. And the thought of three more of her husband is enough to it's cause just, her just to ridiculous. just go, Well, you know what? I guess I am seeing things. Maybe I have lost my mind. <laughs> this goes to ask the question, why? Why... Why even make it a potential uh, point of tension of uh, of haste to hide the clones and keep them a secret? She doesn't know. Why would you hide that? Why would there not be some kind of reveal? You gotta have some sort of tension in the movie, and I guess that's like the only thing they could think of. I just, paused it. Sorry, sir. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I guess it's just the only thing I could think of because if not that, I guess the only stakes would be like. The government <laughs> being like, you can't have, you can't do this. Doug Kinney, you have something of ours. Three clones. I belong to Uncle Sam. <laughs> they, they are the Doug team. Da, da, da. Ba, ba. Go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say that uh, I think it's not so much for stakes as much as it is for shenanigans. The yeah. 90s comedies. They love shenanigans. They love shenanigans. They love gans. But but it is as a final slap in the face. The final scene that we get in this movie really underpins, <laughs> I think, the moral uh, wrongness of this movie. This movie was never about Doug. This movie was never about his relationship with his family. This movie was about the wacky clones yeah. because we get like a three minute long epilogue about how they opened up a pizza shop. You know what it would have you been know, nice really for an epilogue? The, I think you really just hit on like the core problem of the movie, which is that it should be a like romantic comedy, but instead it's just a shen- clone shenanigan movie. And if they're going to do that, why not find some way that the family knows about it? Like... Like, it, it sounds stupid, but it would be something. Like, just Look, think, like... I thought you were circumcised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Or, like, just introducing, uh, like, at a parent-teacher conference. Like, they're like, this is my dad, and this is my dad, and this is my dad. Like, there's something there. They could have done anything with that, except just getting rid of them. What don't we see an epilogue of? Doug and his relationship with the family. We don't have any, like, um, how are they doing? Where are they now? How much has Doug improved? There's nothing. What a fantastic scene that this movie absolutely would have done, too. Like, imagine one of the kids at the science fair, like, here's my dad's. And then the teacher gives, like, a weird look because it's the 90s and people oh. aren't cool with that. But then the camera pans and there's just four dogs there. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, I think this has the potential. Uh, feel free to slap me if I'm wrong. But wouldn't this make a good Wes Anderson movie? 
of a man who, like, clones himself, and he's the only man to ever clone himself, but everybody knows, and so it's just, like, him try, him and his clones and his family trying to live a, an improved family life, but also society knows that they clone, that <laughs> there's a clone there. Sam, you're the Wes Anderson master. I, you, you, it doesn't really matter for me because as long as it's a Wes Anderson movie starring Michael Keaton, you've already had like I've already bought five tickets for it. Oh, but what if like at like the third act, Bill Murray comes out and he has clones too, no, and Bill, they have to fight, and it makes Michael Keaton's clones much less special. I think Bill Murray has to be uh, Walt. In this, right? <laughs> in, in, He's in, in wearing the, a Steve Zuso outfit. In the Wes Anderson version, he is Walt. Uh, who, but the other question is, who does Owen Wilson play? Because he's got to be in there somewhere. The, the kid? Vic. Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson is Vic. Yeah. Oh, hello, Douglas. I just, I got here so late. I'm like, you know, not the time, dog. Yeah, not the time. <clears throat> Do you know how, you have any idea how late you are? Wow. My, my watch is on New York time, I guess. I, I must know. I just, I bought it in New York and I never changed the damn thing. That's crazy. I guess that's crazy. Since we've talked about the whole movie, I guess we can go into the uh, alternate castings then, eh? Real and how, quick, I, how to fix it. <laughs> real quick, there's some problems with the DVD case that I think we need to address. Yeah, yes. I would like Adam to take care of this because this oh. DVD case is sinful? So th- let me also preface this by saying this is a DVD from 1998, the first year that DVDs were like a bit commercially available on the market. So it's a little bit stinky. <laughs> okay, so first off, I'm going to read you the uh, the synopsis here. Michael Keaton and Andy McDowell star in director Harold Ramis' brilliant comedy about a man who clones himself to save his marriage and then almost loses his wife to himself. So first of all, does not does not clone himself to save his marriage. Second of all, not a brilliant comedy. Third, Third of all, all, does not almost lose his wife to himself. He almost loses his, his wife. wife be- period. Yeah, be- because of himself. Mm. And here's the the plot, according to the DVD case. Overworked and overscheduled contractor Doug Kinney never has enough time for his wife and family. So when a helpful geneticist offers to Xerox Doug, Xerox in quotations, yeah. It seems like the perfect solution, until the clones begin to take over his home, his job, and his bed. <laughs> that Spoiler. doesn't happen. They don't take it over. He orders them to take to to take charge of his home, his job, and his well, not his bed. That makes it sound they like just they're take clo- charge out on their own. Yeah, it makes it makes it sound like they're scheming to overthrow him. That's not what happens. That'd be a funnier movie. It would yes. be. It would be hilarious. I want to watch Back of the Box just, Multiplicity. Dude. Can we just, like, if get a budget and just start making, remaking Multiplicity over and over again? Can we just make a Multiplicity of Multiplicities? Each one is, like, sl- like a slight variation on what we think the movie should have been. If you would like to see a Multiplicity uh, clone of Multiplicity, you can email us at edgingpodcast.gmail.com. If you'd like to see our full, full movie-length version of Multiplicity, send $12 million to edgingonpodcast.gmail.com. Edgingpodcast at gmail.com. I want to make sure that 12 milli comes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We need that 12 milli so we can... And if, uh, if, if if Wes Anderson, if you're listening and you want to direct, I, I'm willing to step in to help help direct the uh, your take on Multiplicity. Now, see here, Douglas. I wanted to direct Multiplicity. As long as Michael Keaton stays the lead. You can't change... This is the one thing. The crux of Multiplicity, you've got to keep Michael Keaton as the lead. 
It doesn't survive any other way. Ooh, a multiplicity uh, sequel, but Andy McDowell needs to have clones now. It's set in the modern day. Ooh. Andy McDowell needs to get cloned. Because a woman... That might actually be interesting, because, of course, the commentary on how a woman has to embody so many roles in order to have it all. <laughs> no, that's, I actually genuinely like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's actually insane. pretty interesting. Uh, but uh, there's one other... Particular sin that I wanted to highlight on the back of the box, and that's this asinine quote: "Forget four stars, multiplicity gets sixteen stars." And that's told. That's said by Leo Quinones from Kiss FM. They got a radio DJ as a back of the box blurb. That's pretty unfortunate, especially when Roger Ebert liked this movie. Yeah, it's especially uh, humorous because. Whoever uh, did the Dunstan checks in six stars or whatever, it clearly is is uh, what's his name? I just threw the box. Uh, Leo Quinones. I'm so sorry. I'm from the Midwest. Leo Quinoa. Quinoa. <laughs> oh, also an interesting thing I saw in there. Hit me the box again. Yes, Adam. We noted that half of the script was written by Harold Ramis and the other was written by someone else. Well. Introducing the other four people that wrote the screenplay. Chris Miller, Mary Hale, Lowell Gans, and Babalu Manuel. I'm sure that could have had anything to do with the way the movie is. <laughs> what the hell? Why would you have four they in just, addition to the one who wrote the first half? Because it's funny because there's four Michael Keatons. <gasps> that is... Of course. What if each one of them wrote for a different Michael Keaton? Huh. But who wrote the story? <laughs> Clearly no one. <laughs> Let me tell you something about multiplicity. You knocked the cover. Yes. I actually quite like the, the cover design. Okay, so the DVD case is very bland. I like the poster. It's it's very it's it's simple, but it's goofy, I think, somewhat effective. Even if there are far too many Michael Keatons. Yeah, that that's one of the problems. Just the way it tessellates is very satisfying. It look It looks so lazy. It's just a copy and paste of Michael Keaton in the same pose, making the same face, wearing the same clothes. They could have done something so original with this. But you look at that picture, and it looks like the year 1996. That's true. I'll give you that. But that not in a good way, though. <laughs> it's got a just plain white background. Andy McDowell's hugging one Doug, and then it's a Doug train. It's 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 foreshadowing nothing. for the train that they run on there later. Oh God. By the way, I gotta say, I'm I was so happy when you kept talking about you, you expected there to be a scene where they run a train on her. Yeah. But you you meant it in the sense of she talks to them one after the other. You did not realize. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I was getting realize. so nervous every time you said that. I'm like, oh, does he know? No. I I played by the rules. I did not look up anything about the plot. Any trailers any anything i was watching everything fresh and it for the first time every single time what a wild movie i know i know i know i know the, oh speaking of uh the, the all the the clones running a train on andy mcdowell <laughs> talking about how the potential for comedy would uh if the clones stuck around and they, the family all knew about them <laughs> just picture this like uh all four michael keaton's in, in bed with laura just in this huge-ass bed. Just... And I get a little chuckle. Just yeah. seeing a little clip of that. Hot take. 
I do like in in future. Do not want my children to have smartphones. Yeah, I, <laughs> any I, technology. I feel the same. Cool. At least until like the into like like driving age where they need it in case of emergencies. Yeah, shit like, like that. Can you imagine how the kids that were raised in like finger family YouTube videos are going to turn out? Oh no. Oh man. You imagine you're you're like ninety years old, <laughs> like <laughs> the nurse walks into the hospital room. Hey, what's up, sir? Dabs. <laughs> Don't worry. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna Pokemon go back to the ER to get that tumor taken care of. She walks in. I 90. just want to die. Imagine the the guy who invents time travel saying, "We now have the ability to go back to the past to play the shitty games that suck ass." <laughs> I'll go back to when the angry video game nerd started his YouTube channel. Oh, you know what? I would go back to when he started his channel and then be like, dude, I can convince him not to. Be like, that's never going to take off. And then steal his motif. I'll go back to the original, the first angry video game nerd video on ScrewAttack.com. And I'll go down in the comments section and I'll type first. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Hitler unkilled. You left him. You left Hitler. Who do you think the first person to type first on the Navy GM video was? The Navy GM. I think it was Doug Clemens. I think it was Doug Walker. <laughs> he just looked at me first. <laughs> I was here first. Can we get a nostalgia critic multiplicity? Re- hey, you think Doug Walker would be able to podcast? If we asked him to. I hope not. I don't know. Probably me. not. It seems as though we finally come to an end. Multiplicity is dead. One more line, though. Alright. One of the last lines in the movie. Spoken by three. They just can't get enough of my pepperonis. <laughs> they know exactly what they were doing, yeah. and that makes me not laugh at it. Yep. That was that was really uncomfortable. That whole ending scene, I, I laughed at uh, four on the pizza bike. That was kind of funny, just throwing pizza at like Frisbee-style people. Like hey, a pizza! News, like a newspaper delivery man, he's just throwing pizzas into people's yards. Yeah, he's like winging them like, yeah, like, like Adam said, he's like winging them like Frisbees. And, and I, I, Michael Keaton does such a good job of riding that bike to look like he's never ridden the bike before. <laughs> yeah. Like, like genuinely gotta give him props for that, because he's like wobbling all over the place, but not falling off it. Like, it is the most... It's like bumblefuck bike riding I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> but he does not crash that bike. It's impressive. That's some he good, is, like... Michael, real talk, Michael Keaton is a really very talented actor. Yes, 100%. He's very versatile. He's a bike actor. <laughs> not many people can ride a bike but act while riding a bike. Oh, yeah, it's man. like how like, Kevin James can act while riding a Segway. Exactly, yeah. That's the real thing. He puts so much right character there. in the way he rides that Segway, just like when Michael Keaton rides that bike. I'd love to do an edging on Mall Cop, but I don't think that I don't think that I could bring myself to talk bad about it. That'd be a fun like special episode. That perhaps. would be a fun like one off, maybe. If you would like to hear us do one off episodes, email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know Can- a movie you want us to watch so we can ignore it. So multiplicity, uh, how many Michael Keatons out of ten would you give it, Sam? Hmm. Out of ten. Do you want me to give like an objective rating and then a personal rating? Yeah, sure. Can we all give an objective and a personal rating? That's fair. Objectively, I out of a ten, I I genuinely think it's probably about a six point five. 
Objectively? Yeah. Like somewhere around a 6 to 6.5. Maybe a, a light 7, depending on... I'd have to... I'm used to, more used to a five-star rating scale, oh, sorry. Slow down there, Chief. Of, co- of course, on a personal rating scale, it does get an 11 out of 10. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I guess I would say that with all things considered, everything we've discussed on these 10 weeks, I would say that I would give it, objectively first, I would give it like a five and a half. And personally, <laughs> I would give it, I don't know, like a six, because it, it was it had my interest for the most part. I think the, the funnest thing about it was was hearing Sam talk about it like it was an old friend. <laughs> 10 out of 10. A monkey. There was zero monkeys in this fucking movie. Oh, there yeah, zero mentioned. out of 10. Monkeys were mentioned. They Z- did mention a monkey. Zero out of 10. No monkey. For real? You give it no. zero out of Objectively, 10? I'm going to give it like a 4 out of 10. But personally, I'm going to give it like a 6 out of 10 because Sam likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Rips off Sam's mask. He's Michael Keaton all along, just trying to get uh-huh. more people I to watch I tricked you into liking my movie. <laughs> <laughs> I embodied the most difficult role of all, Sam. Did I tell the story of this movie? The backstory behind us watching this movie on this I podcast? I think so. I think we totally skipped that. We talked about it on Dunstan episode one. So I guess we'll go ahead and, and put it on the last episode of this podcast. Let's fucking nice do bookend. It. Uh, I was at... Trader's World, world world famous, Ohio famous flea market, and uh, there with my dad one weekend, and as we're walking around some of the outdoor buildings, I found a guy that had a whole bunch of laser discs for sale, and I had uh, been reading up on laser disc stuff recently by chance, and so I flipped through some of them, and he had multiplicity on laser disc, so I picked that and like five or six other laser discs up, then got a player. Multiplicity is the first laser disc movie I have ever watched. And also still remains my favorite movie. Period. That was beautiful. Such a good film. Ate a microwave pizza while watching it. Did you say a microwave pizza? Yeah, I was eating microwave pizza while I was watching it. What the fuck is a microwave pizza? Like a French bread pizza? No. A pizza pocket? Like a shitty little pizza you make in the microwave. I've never heard of this. Like a little personal pan pizza. Uh Uh-huh. Pop that bad boy in there. Then I got to the pizza scene like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a good review that's, that story alone makes it worth watching just <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it's multiplicity alright I think but, we're gonna close oh. but fear not everybody we're not finishing our discussion of multiplicity for we still have our finale special where we're gonna talk uh, more broad topics about the movie and holy cow did we book a special guest star Oh yeah, I want. I want to tell him. I want to keep a surprise. Adam, you keep so, a surprise. You, might, you might know him from a, a certain certain movie we've watched. <laughs> <laughs> you might know him four times from a certain movie we watched. <laughs> it's Michael Keaton. It's, it's Michael Keaton. Oh my gosh! You, just, uh, you said it. It's Michael Keaton. It's oh Michael my Keaton. <laughs> He's meeting us at the Ponderosa Steakhouse. I'm so excited. Be there or be square if you want to see. The four of us, together, eating really tough steak. Won't it be the seven of us? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're great. <laughs> Drew, that's just a movie, though. There's not really four <laughs> I money. know. I'm just being silly. We'll dub his audio so it sounds like there's four of them. We'll put, like, an echo on it so it's unlistenable <laughs> but kind of funny. <laughs> uh, why, why, why'd you make him Jeff Goldblum? Because yeah. <laughs> you said you were putting That's... an echo and stuff on him to make him un- inaudible. I didn't even think about that. that. Actually, 
That's exactly what Jeff Goldblum sounds like. It sounds like he has his own echo. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. And Michael Keaton makes direct reference to Jeff Goldblum. Maybe maybe they can get him to bring his good buddy Jeff along. Yeah. Hey, Michael, if you're listening to this episode, baby. Well, we know he is because he's been following the whole season. Yeah, and we've got your uh, your phone number now that we're gonna we're gonna text you. You know, ask you to bring Jeff. We got the oh, roses. Left- we loved them. The beautiful Michael. Yes, thanks, man. You left your flannel at my apartment. Ooh, Sam, spill the tea. Oh, you were doing the recording session. You guys were there. The we left early. Now, yeah. that I, now that you mentioned it, we left a little bit early. You said that you had like something to show Michael Keaton. What, yeah, what did you do? I showed my laser collection. He said, Zatakira. Akira is my favorite movie. Especially on laser disc, you can really get the frame by frame. You can't watch it with pants on, though. <laughs> well, everybody, look forward to our beautiful finale special. In the meantime, I've been Drew. I've been Sam. And I've been Adam. And this was Edging on, Edging on, Edging on Multiplicity, Don't a for- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to check us out when we come back with Edging on Season 3. And subscribe to us on Stitcher Premium. Edging on. Multiplicity. Let's let's just all try to recreate that. Have fun living in the city. Edging on. Edging on. Edging on. Edging on. Multiplicity. Wait, can we get a can we get a clean take on yeah, that? That actually that actually went pretty well. Yeah, it did. All right, Drew, do you want to do the, the yeah. lower? Edging on. Edging on. Edging on. Wait, no, that was that was here. The, the, the note was wrong. Here. Yeah. I guess I guess I'll start. Edging on. Edging on. Edging on. Multiplicity. Multiplicity. <laughs> that was pretty good. It's like spit everywhere. Oh man. Should we half-ass sing the lyrics to the intro song too? Yes. How's what is it? what is the intro song on this one? It's multiplicity. Do, 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 do. Baby. I genuinely can't remember what the Dunstan theme song was. This is the Patreon bonus. Us just singing along. What if we made a Patreon? This is the only thing on it. How, <laughs> it's just how fucking auto- mad do you think people oh, would be? It's they called s- onomatopoeias. They, s- they spend five dollars for our Patreon, and all they get is this bullshit. <laughs> And that's where the episode ends. We should we should do that now, just for the gag, <laughs> just for the lols. We'll have the most refunded Patreon in the world. Edging on, edging on, edging multiplicity. That was edging on multiplicity, a podcast where three brainless clones discuss multiplicity ten minutes at a time. You can email us at edgingpodcast at gmail Edging On is a podcast by Sam featuring Adam and Drew. Music is done by Sam and edited by Adam. I got a really hard challenge for myself, but you have to... It's something you'll have to lead here. Okay. I'm trying to gauge how much I like the movie Multiplicity. Okay. So we're going to do a theoretical scenario where 
you got to give me two movies, one of which is multiplicity, and the other is another movie that is either good or you think I like. And I have to decide which one, like, if I had to permanently forget that one existed, which one would I forget about? Okay. That sounds like fun. Which one is more important to my person? All right. Let's just start off, we'll just, I'll just cast a wide net here. Multiplicity or Scarface? Multiplicity. All right. Multiplicity, Citizen Kane. Multiplicity, or Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is actually really underwhelming. I've heard. If you know the twist, it's... I mean, it's, it's a really well-made movie, but it's not it's like something like the first modern movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Multiplicity or Dunstan checks in. Ooh, Multiplicity. All right. Hard. Hard. I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a spoiler. I think it's always going to be Multiplicity. All right. Um, <laughs> multiplicity or The Exorcist. Oh, Multiplicity. I don't see <sighs> Exorcist yet. Oh, Exorcist is really good. Multiplicity or... There's a surprising number of just, like, classically good movies that I've never seen. Multiplicity or Shark Tale. 